Grant and Danny on the fan. Big game coverage on 106.7 is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. Out here at Radio Row, Super Bowl 58, Mandalay Bay Convention Center. We're pleased to be joined by Dean Blandino, who will be the officiating expert for Westwood One. For Sunday's call of the Super Bowl, you can hear the entire game, their pregame festivities, all evening long right here on the fan starting at 5 p.m. in D.C. Dean, normally you put makeup on and you're on TV. Now you're on the radio call. This will be different for you, eh? This is, yeah, this is different. I'm, I don't have to, you know, I don't really have to worry about how I look. I just got to worry about how I sound. So it's exciting. I haven't, I haven't done a game on radio yet. And, you know, I've been listening to some of the broadcasts from previous years, studying, and, and just really excited to try, you know, especially the Super Bowl. I mean, what, what, what could be a better game to, to, and to work with Kevin Harlan and, and Kurt Warner? It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Inevitably, I'm sure most of the conversations you have turn into people shooting the messenger or, like, complaining to you about certain rules. Sure. And this is the part where I apologize for me airing some of my grievances with you. But before I get to some of the rules that I think we could make better or fix, officiating this year has gotten a ton of heat. Yeah. And in some big spots, there have obviously been some bad calls. That's inevitable. Do you think the officiating was worse, or are we paying closer attention I think it's probably more the latter. I think it is the scrutiny continues to just it's it's greater than it's ever been. You think about social media, think about the access that we have. You know, when I first started in the in the mid to late nineties, you know, you'd have a call and you might read about it in the newspaper, you might but now it's like something happens, it's all over social media and everybody's critiquing the officials. I do think we are at a little bit of a tipping point with the officiating because They've incorporated a lot of technology, but I think some of that te- technology has created a, a an environment for the officials where they're less decisive. You know, they're thinking about, okay, if replay comes in, are they going to overturn my call? What are, what are we doing here? And I think I've seen a little bit more of that where the officials aren't making a ruling initially because they're thinking about, okay, replay can come in and correct it. Uh, I just think the scrutiny with everything that goes into these games, you think about sports betting and, and everything that's riding on these games, the officials are... You know they impact games. There's no, there's no question. And there have been missed calls, and there have been some high-profile situations this year. And that's always going to generate that conversation about, well, the officiating isn't isn't as good as it as it should be. But I think it's a combination of all those things. Dean Blandino, all things officiating, not just in the NFL, but runs the officiating and, and so much of um, the dialogue and rules that are put together for the spring league as well, the UFL, which I want to get into in a little bit. Um, why should a five-yard penalty away from the play potentially give you an automatic first down on third and 27? Yeah, it, no, it's a great question. I think you go back, and I've had that, and I try to study, you know, okay, what, why did when the competition committee put in, right, illegal contact or defensive holding, why did they make that an automatic first down? Why, why isn't that just 10 yards and it's not an automatic first down, whatever it may be? And I think the theory was – in the in the 70s to the you know late 70s where the defenses were playing very aggressively and and they were really dominating um you had big defensive backs mel blunt those types of guys that were jamming receivers at the line and it really stymied the passing game 
and the game wasn't the scoring was down the passing yards was were down and it wasn't as popular um as it is today and then they changed the rule the illegal contact rule and they wanted it to be punitive to say okay it's an automatic first down because these these defenses are playing very aggressively in the secondary and we want to see more passing. We want to see the downfield game. And really, you think about it, the downfield, once that rule went in, it was an automatic first down. Passing yards started to, to increase. Scoring started to increase. And the, really, the popularity of the NFL started to, to grow in the 80s. And now, obviously, it's, it's incredible how popular it is. So I think that's – I get it, right? Because – Third and 27, and you watch the replay, and you're like, man, that's, like, kind of close. It sounds like you think maybe there is a – like, it's antiquated, and there's a fu- a future where we could have a five-yard penalty just be subtracted from you, what's needed. You could. You could. You could. I do always think about – I think just having studied it, you know, you don't want to do anything to incentivize defenses to play aggressively. Because, look, as many fouls that are called – there are a lot more that aren't called, right? So, and if I know it's only five and it's not going to be an automatic first down, then I may I may be more aggressive and grab and hold, and now either I get away with it, or you know what? Now it's third and twenty-two. It's not that big a deal. The kickoff, we've you know done some things rules-wise, where it's kind of become this obsolete play yeah. almost at this point. I'm curious though about the balance between what the league says and, and I'm sure wants is health. But also aesthetics. So, like from an officiating standpoint, you got to throw flags when there's flags. But this year, I read this was like a, ga- a weeks of games left. I think we had 7.2 penalties per team. Last year was 6.6. It was the highest since 18, I think, something like that. When I'm watching a game, my most enjoyment is when an hour's gone by and I haven't yeah. noticed a penalty. Yeah. Like, what is the balance there? Of, I don't think this happens, but I wish it would. Like before the Super Bowl, whoever the crew is, we just say. Hey guys, let's just not throw a lot of flags. You see what I'm saying? Like, sure, sure. And isn't that better television? It, it's better television, and in but I don't know if it's better for the game overall. You never and there's always this thought. Well, just let them play. Well, ultimately, if you let them play, then teams pick up on that, and again, they're going to play. You're going to have you're going to the offensive line is going to continue to hold, and then the defensive line gets frustrated, and that can lead to other things, stuff in the in the defensive secondary, like we talked about with the passing game. I think we always told the officials, you have to make the calls, call the fouls that need to be called, not the ones that could be called, right? Not the, you don't want, you don't want to be technical. You don't want to be in the margins because you need, especially when it comes to health and safety, you've got to make that call. If a defenseless player gets hit in the head, neck area, you've got to make that call because that's the one that is going to now decentivize that, that player to do that again. So it is, but it's a balance because I agree with you. You, it's a great watch when you have a game with no flags. But then my experience when I was in charge of officiating, those were the games where you, we would get questions from the clubs, and there'd be 20 questions from each club. Hey, 18 plays this right was now. a foul, this was a foul, this was a foul. And so, but it is a balance. It, it really is. You, you want to get the calls that you need to get and then, and then keep the game moving and, and, a, and a good flow. Dean Blandino was in charge of officiating. Now he's like the biggest star <laughs> yeah. uh, in sports media. Sure. He's joining us here at Radio Row. He's on the call with Harlan uh, on Westwood One, Sunday night, Super Bowl 58. You can hear the broadcast right here on 106.7, the fan all over the DMV. Um, my least favorite play in the world. I'm sure you've been asked about this a billion times. The fumble into the end yeah, zone for the yeah, touchback. Yeah. It's so punitive. I hate that for 99 and a half yards you need to possess the football to get possession. Now, I can meet someone in the middle on this. This is like a passion project where they'll say, you need to penalize the offense. Sure. Move them back to the 10. I don't care if you move them back to the 20. 
I don't care if you put them on their own goal line. <laughs> to give the team the ball that didn't possess the football drives me out of my mind. Yeah. I, is there any path to getting that fixed? Does it need to be fixed? I, yeah, I mean, look, I get it, and, and I understand that, that part of the debate. Uh, personally, I like the rule as it is because I think it's consistent with – when a, when a ball is dead in the opponent's end zone, right, whether that's a kick, right, a kickoff, a punt, a fumble, whatever it is, it's it's a touchback. If it's in the possession of the, the offensive team, it's a touchdown. I think the end zone is different. I think that when you talk about a game that is predicated on gaining ground, the closer you get to the goal line, ball security becomes more important. But I, I totally get it when a player is trying to reach for the end zone and he just happens to lose control for a split second and it just touches the pylon. And now it's going over to the defense. And I think there is a world where maybe it isn't you get the ball back at the spot of the fumble, but maybe, like you said, maybe it's like a reverse touchback where the offense keeps it, but they go back to their own 20. You know, you don't, it's the down counts. So if it was third and goal, it's going to be fourth and goal, but you're back at the 20. I think they're going to talk about it. I know the competition committee is on the agenda. I, I don't know if they'll have, because remember, to pass a rule like that, you got to have 24 yes votes. And I don't know if they have 24 at this point. All right, I know you don't have a lot of time. I got three quick ones I want to hit with you real quick. The first, I talked to Troy Vincent yesterday. Yeah. He, tell, he told me he wants to get rid of the hip drop tackle. Yeah. I just don't know how that gets officiated cleanly. He talked about pulling, rat, you know, twisting. Like, that sounds cool in this convention center. Yeah. This game is so fast. We're already talking about the officials having a hard job. I think one of the reasons is we keep making their job harder. No, no doubt. And anytime you look at that rule, and I get it, health and safety, when you talk about rules changes, that's number one. But you really have to say, can this play be officiated consistently? And I do have some concerns, and, and because it's different. It has, it has a horse collar feel, the end of the play, but what the horse collar has is a very objective element of you grab the collar. This, it's like, okay, I'm trying to make a tackle. Yes. And if I don't drop my weight this the, you know Derek Henry's going to drag me 20 yards down field on tight end exactly or so so how do you they if they're going to pass that rule they have to clearly define what it is use video examples and but it's going to be a challenge for the officials no doubt spotting the football 2024 the year of our lord we got some tech a do you think there is a near future where as ubiquitous as that yellow line on my TV, that we're, we're chipped, we're finding things out yeah. with tech, or are we just going to kind of use these sticks until uh, we're not doing this anymore? I, I don't, I don't know if the chain, if the chains will be forever. Okay. I think they'll be in at at one point. You know, I don't know how many years from now there'll be a set of chains in Canton at the Hall of Fame, and the <laughs> kids will go, "What was that, Dad?" You know, at some point, I don't know if that's five years from now, whatever it is. But I think they are testing the technology, the chip, and the football. I think the challenge, though. Unlike soccer, it's not just the ball crossing the line. It's, okay, when was the knee down? When, yeah. you know, those types of things. But I think they're working on that. And I can see a world where we don't have the chain crew and we don't have all that happening. Last one. First of all, you did an awesome job. I'm not pumping your tires. I, I really want you to know, I think some of the rules, XFL, were awesome. Oh, thank you. Kickoff is better. Fourth and 15 is badass. Like, there's some really – I know they're now changing the kickoff again, yeah. which annoys me, but some of the stuff is really, yeah. really good. And I'm sure injury data and all that plays into it, not just me being fat at home and enjoying <laughs> it, right? But having said all that, the best thing about the, the spring league officiating operation 
is being able to watch you and the officials. Yeah. Does the NFL have any interest in peeling that curtain back? I think they do. I think they're still trying to figure it out because the benefit we had, look, in the XFL, we had one game going on at a time. You know, that's it's a lot easier. Um, with the NFL, you might have – you could have eight or nine games in an early window, so it's more of a challenge. I think they understand because, like you said, you may not always agree with what I did, but at least you understood the thought process. It's a game changer. For people that and, don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. you, we were watching your interactions yeah. and conversation with the official, and so we're not guessing as to what you're seeing yeah. and what you're saying. Yeah, and I think, that's, I think the NFL understands that. They're, they're trying to figure it out. We're going to continue to do it with the UFL. We think that's great for our fans, and it, it's good for officiating because there's no – like, no, again, you might not always agree – but you're not walking away going, what the heck just happened? You go, okay, I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. Have a great call. Enjoy radio. Yeah. It's better than TV. You get to. You probably can't wear what you want, but you don't need makeup. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Dean Blandino, Westwood One. Their coverage of Super Bowl 58 begins on 106.7 The Fan on Sunday night at 5 o'clock. Listen to pregame in the entire game right here. Which free agents to be? are most important for Washington to re-sign. There's a list of commanders pending free agents that dropped. We want to sift through. We'll do that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan.